When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with L.A. Nick, co-host, Catherine Brandt. And Andy Brant Bernard. Really, you're gonna bark out the first part and go on from there. I'm trying to. I'm trying so hard to have energy. I know. Without the sun for what has it been? 10, 15 days. Ten months. Ten, yeah, ten fifteen eight years. Eight more days left. I can't. We will be right back. Alex will join us. Craig. I don't know if it's Grossy or Grossy because I've heard it pronounced both like ways. Craig Grossy or Grossy. He's got a book. Ladies and gentlemen, Second Chances, a Marine, His Dog, and Finding Redemption. He will join us right after this with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, We're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Dougie, what's new at my favorite Nissan stores? Well, now that everybody's back from vacation, we can finally get to work. Yeah, easy there, gunpowder. Hey, at least you only took a week. Jayla was gone darn near a whole month. Poor Dan Rush. Anyway, we got some great things happening at Coon Rapids Nissan and Walzer Nissan in Burnsville. Read this, and you can add that cool DJ voice if you want to. It's 2020 closeout month at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan. Giant discounts in 0% for 60 months on all remaining 2020s. You also get Walzer Care, a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty for free. Ah, music to my ears. I love the sound of a good DJ in the morning. But wait, there's more. For the first time ever, you can get 0% for 60 months on the all-new 2021 Rogue. The 2021 Rogue is bigger, better, and faster than ever before. For more information on 0% interest on all these great vehicles, check out Coon Rapids Nissan and Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and tell them Tommy sent you. I'll just cut out the last bit. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, president at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. (laughs) 
Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're back. Uh, just like to mention quickly, we we're just talking a little bit about it off the air, but every single person who has called me from outside the Minneapolis area, what the hell kind of puke hole do you live in? <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? All they do is riot up there. I said, it's not rioting, it's violent protesting. Mm-hmm. It's a big difference. What a crock that is, huh? You know, I saw a story yesterday that reminded me, we, we think we have it so bad. There's a guy. There's a guy from Vegas who was just went to Dubai, and mm-hmm. he had a medical emergency, and he had to go to a hospital in Dubai. Well, they automatically take your test your blood, and they turned him in. And the government, cause they have to by law, federal law, that he had THC in his system, oh, and three God. years in prison, man. Oh, wow. yes. three oh, years God. instantaneously yeah. no, in prison, and he, he smoked. There. He smoked pot in, in Nevada, where it's legal, and. It was so it was all legal, and this was four days before he went to Dubai. Mm, there you go. And then he went to Dubai, had a uh, uh, appendicitis, oh. went to a hospital. They turned him into the government, uh, and now he's going to prison for three years. Perfect, a dream come true. <laughs> <through. laughs> Have you ever seen a prison in countries like that? Uh, no, nice. thank you. Uh, they are nothing. Have you? I've been to a jail in a foreign country. It is brutal, man. I'm talking brutal. Yeah. You should have like, gone to prison. <laughs> If like going nothing to. you've ever seen, you I can imagine in this country, people be up in arms. They'd be we crazy. got Craig on the phone. Craig is on the horn. Craig Rossi, how you doing, Craig? Hey, good. How are you guys? Marvelously well, thank you very much. You know, I have I have a question for all right, now. Well, I'll read this first. The author of the heartwarming Craig and Fred tells a deeply emotional and inspiring story of the next phase of their lives together, working closely with prison inmates in Maine who raise and train puppies to become service dogs. Puppies. It is wonderful. That's a great, great thing. I uh, I have a few friends that have service dogs. One of them uh, from serving overseas. Very, very uh, uh, a lot of PTSD. Let me put it that way. That's the best way to put it. And he loves that dog. That dog is his whole life, Craig. No doubt. Yeah. It absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, is. it's an incre- it's an incredible bond um, that uh, that you. I mean, just between just between. A regular non-service dog and and uh, and their their person, um, and then when you when you factor in the training and the, and the work uh, that that goes into developing a, a, a service dog for somebody, uh, it really takes that bond to a a pretty incredible place. The book is called Second Chances: A Marine, His Dog, and Finding Redemption. I just want to hand it off to you, Craig, because I want to hear the story from from the very beginning. The one question I do have for you: Are you from Maine originally? No, no, I'm originally from the, the Washington, D.C. area. I grew up in the, in the suburbs of, oh, okay. of D.C. In, in Virginia. I didn't hear the Maine accent. No. Not that they... Yeah, no. <laughs> no, that's absolutely we, true. Yeah. <clears throat> I often wondered, though, why would anybody from Maine join any other service except for the Marines? The Maine Marines. It sounds perfect. Yeah, right. A lot of Marines from, uh, come from the, the New England area, and I, oh, yeah. and I, I met a lot, of, a lot of Marines from Maine for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, former U.S. Marine Craig Grossi and his dog Fred appeared on Today Show. Rachel Ray in schools, bookstores, military bases across America. They told the uplifting story of how Craig found Fred astray while serving Afghanistan, brought him home. One more uh, quick uh, comment, and I'd just like to turn it over to you, Craig. I want to hear the story from the beginning. We have a friend, Brittany, who served in the United States Army, and she had a dog. She was over in, uh, in the Middle East. And she had a dog that followed her everywhere she went. Even if she didn't want the dog to follow her, the dog would follow yeah. her around. And sadly, uh, at the very end of her service over there, they would not let her bring that dog back oh. here. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's that's an unfortunate story. Yeah, um, I'm too too familiar with with stories like that. And uh, you know, it's 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 not easy. Um, the, you know to to do what what I did with Fred, but it's been made uh, in, in recent years. It's been made uh, a little bit easier by um, some some awesome nonprofits. One of the ones that we kind of advocate and work closely with is called Puppy Rescue Mission, and uh, they have a network of uh, volunteers and staff all over the world that uh, can effectively kind of take the take ownership of the dog and uh, and have have it kind of work through their their network of foster homes. Uh, all over the world, and, and uh, a lot of times they're, they're able to to kind of get around the 
the legal and chain of command kind of uh, complications that that uh, our service members face because you know the, the rules are there for a reason they're not they're not uh, they're not necessarily bad rules but uh, when when you have a bond and you have a dog that that's not creating issues and is actually enhancing you know the the capabilities and the morale of, of our troops overseas then you know that's something that should be supported and, and embraced. No, Craig, I got to ask you, what kind of dog is Fred? Fred, uh, Fred's a lot of stuff. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> there he goes. Fred. Uh, There's Fred. Heard me say his name. Hey, <laughs> buddy. Uh-huh. Fred. He's uh, he's a he's a loud, he's a loud kind. That's that's for sure. He's the loud, um, but but no, he's you know he's uh he's got a lot going on. His gene pool, I always say, is very deep. He's got uh, <laughs> definitely a lot of hounds and a lot of shepherd in him, and and uh, but he's he's uh. You know, 100% Fred, that's for sure. I love the website, fredtheafghan.com. It's <laughs> a great yeah. website right there. Yeah, yeah, I that's, love that's it. our website, that's our, our social media, and, and he's, got, he's got really enthusiastic followers all over the world that uh, that, uh, that love our story, and, and uh, the reception of our, of our first book was... Um, you know, really just motivated me to continue to write and to continue to explore um, some of the lessons that I that I learned um, from Fred and, and from my time in Afghanistan, you know, and, and just kind of continue to reflect uh, through writing and, and through engaging with with diverse people. And um, it, it, it led me to to a, a prison, uh, one of our one of our, our, our prisons that we have here in our country. And um, uh, and uh, it was, you know, not the place I thought I'd, I'd end up volunteering to spend my time but uh it, it uh, was really a beautiful experience and um a really life-changing one for me well you're in the shawshank prison that's got to be kind of cool yeah yeah i mean it was it, the, the the original facility it stood for a long time uh, i think 1824 to, mm-hmm. to 2000 um but it, it's uh it's now you know it looks like every other prison looks like a modern Modern facility, uh, just down the road from where the original one stood. But yeah, it's it's um, you know it's still got that that vibe to it. That Shawshank, you know that that that's such a famous uh, uh, story, a fictional story, of course. By, by yeah, no question about it. Now, okay, so did did so you're in Afghanistan? Did Fred just start following you around? Is that how it happened? Yeah, well, basically, I, I, we were we were in um, in an area of Afghanistan that was um you know pretty hostile to say the least and there w- there was no um no real u.s troops or any kind of coalition troops around the area that we in- we inserted in the middle of the night out of helicopters and, and into a and essentially right into the taliban's kitchen mm. and uh there we had to set up our own base like there was no base there was no one waiting for us we, we brought sandbags and just filled sandbags and kind of fortified a, a, an abandoned compound um, before the sun came up, and, and when the sun came up, we were surrounded by um, 150, almost 200 Taliban uh, trying to run us out of there, and uh, and we, we fought for over a week to just hold that ground. Uh, and in between fights, we would, you know, we would see him, we'd see Fred, and see this, and, you know, at the time, he was just this little stray dog that we kind of would laugh at because he was so kind of different from everything around him, and, he, and just looking at him would, would kind of make us feel better. You know, and and but after after about a week, the Taliban gave us a little breathing room, and um, we were able to kind of take a breath and look around and uh, start to plan the next phase of our of our time there. And that's when I really got a good look at him, and and uh, I, against you know my my better judgment, I think that the dog lover in me, the uh, kind of led me to kind of grab a piece of beef jerky and approach him. Uh, but I almost turned around, you know, that that first those first couple steps towards him, I got a good look and he was covered in bugs and his fur was matted and, <laughs> and I could tell he never really had, you know, yeah. never really had a kind hand before and, but uh, he wagged his tail. He wagged his tail at me and that brought me a little closer and, and that that was our first kind of interaction and we've been pretty much inseparable ever since. Yeah, that's so amazing because that literally is Brittany's story. She said that dog was covered in bugs and mud and every, oh, she said it was just a mess. So yeah. a lot of stray dogs running around Afghanistan. Uh, I just, uh, you know, Craig, I just love the fact that, first of all, you served your country as a United States Marine, uh, but it was not enough for you. you. You brought a dog back with you, and you had to fight to bring the dog back with you, and now you're, you're, 
helping people train puppies to become service dogs. Service dogs are so incredibly important. It's, it is amazing what those dogs can do. Hey, look, if I get stressed out, our dog Jude comes and sits on my lap because he knows I'm stressed out, and he just sleeps on my lap until I calm down. So is that all day, every day? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much all day, every day, exactly. Yeah, I'm always pissed off yeah. at somebody, Craig. That's true, exactly. Well, what's, been, what's really incredible is actually in, in my next book, and it's called Second Chances, uh, I'm not doing any of the training. I ended up um, just being kind of a fly on the wall oh, okay. while I witnessed, I witnessed these these men who are incarcerated for for lots lots of different things. Some of them are, are you know are, are uh, you know some of the worst that you can imagine. Um, I watch them uh, take what is essentially a a, a, a a floppy little puppy that they get handed um, within the couple first couple months of its life, and they transform it over the course of fifteen to eighteen months into what is essentially an, an appendage for a veteran. I mean, these dogs go, they do things that are, like, besides just being there for as a companion, which is an incredible thing in itself, they are, they're able to bring somebody a, a pill bottle when they're having a seizure or when they're having, you know, some, uh, some kind of medical emergency without, you know, squeezing it too tight to, to break it, you know, or, and they actually will bring it specifically to the person's dominant hand or whatever, you know, their needs are. They'll wake you up from a nightmare. They'll op- literally open a door for you. Or open the refrigerator for you, like just incredible things that that they're getting trained to do by men who are serving time in in our, in our nation's prisons, which is just an incredible and unlikely uh, place to, to witness a thing like that. It's amazing to me, Craig. I did not know until I read your descriptor that uh, the prisons are many, many of the people in uh, the prisoners in the, these prisons are veterans. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge problem. I mean, I mean, we have in our country a prison problem in general. We have the highest prison population in, in the developed world, mm-hmm. which is just a, it's been a crutch, um, I, in my opinion, uh, for a long time. And, and it's, it's clearly not not working. And so, yeah, of course, within that population, we're going to have a lot of veterans who have fallen through the cracks, who haven't come home to a stable environment, haven't come home to a stable community, and, you know, have um, developed um, addictions uh, because of, a lot of times, because of trauma that they experienced during their service, or a lot of times because of uh, medication that they were issued by the, by the military. Right. Um, that they were not then, you know, un, unable to, to continue to get, you know, or that was addictive. Um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's all stuff that, you know, I, I wasn't really planning on um, learning about but uh, i'm really proud to to have have done that and to to have kind of done my part to to communicate that in this next book i wonder why it is that dogs uh, you know there are other animals that approach it i guess I, i guess cats might be the second but dogs are very very special in that their connection to human beings are are rock solid where most animals it's kind of there but it can come and go but dogs man once you're locked into a dog they're locked into you forever yeah, it's true. I, I think it, it goes back a long, long way. You know, yeah. there's there's some fun documentaries that kind of that kind of go go into the you know the the kind of the science and kind of the history of the domesticated um, dog. And I think it was you know it essentially kind of started with foxes. I think that they started to kind of control the breeding of like and, and breed together. You know, two foxes that were a little more docile and a little more kind of interested in people, and then it just kind of went from there and, and i think the same thing kind of happened with wolves too and yeah so yeah they're just kind of naturally bred it, i think horses are probably another example that yeah. come really close for people I, i've never spent a lot of time with horses but um i have people that that in my life that do and, and uh that that bond and that connection is is pretty real i don't know i have, I have 10 horses i don't think the connection is the, quite the same as a dog <laughs> I, I had yeah. a, i had a service dog that i that i got from a person who passed away and I had him for God 17 years Ooh. and uh, yeah that bond's unmatchable to no horse can yeah. match it I mean I have horses that love me and follow me around everywhere I go but it's just not the same because the dog's with you 24-7 in your house where you right, live right. where a horse is not yeah. so it's you know right. it's not the same dog doesn't horse doesn't sleep with you well we had a we had yeah, some right, we right. had a animal behaviorist on the podcast one time and he said that the dog dog is the only 
domesticated animal that will try to figure out what you want. Yeah. And what you need. Right. Or other other animals are like, who cares as long yeah. as I get fed? And, I mean, <laughs> well, I might like you right, and thanks right. for the pets, but I'm not going to try to figure out what you need. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good way of putting it. And, and that's what I really was able to, to witness um, throughout my time with, at, with everybody up at Main State Prison was just how far you can really take that, that bond through, through training and, and conditioning. And what's really beautiful about the methods that they use at uh, America's Vet Dogs is the is the nonprofit that um, that I was that I was kind of just a fly on the wall to see their process, but it's it's all positive reinforcement. Um, you know, like even when the dog doesn't do something, you know, correctly, they, you, you never say no, you never scold them, you never discipline them harshly. It's just kind of a redirection, and then when they do it right, that's when you you know you pour on the praise. And I thought there was something so poetic about about that, about seeing the power of, of positive reinforcement, mm-hmm. you know, being being used by men who, you know, in a lot of cases didn't really have a lot of positive reinforcement throughout their lives. Yeah, that makes that makes absolute sense. I just, I love the whole idea behind, I got to throw, if you don't mind, one quick 60-second story about a horse not being all that close to humans. My wife is on the road, and she calls me and said, would you do me a favor and put the stallion in a stall? <laughs> now, Craig, the I sweetest up, stallion you've ever met in your entire yeah, but life. It's Tom. Exactly. I grew up uh, in the inner city. There are no horses around where I grew up or any yeah. stuff, so I don't know what I'm doing. So I go put the lead on the horse and I grab it on the end like a like a dog uh, leash, which is a really yeah. bad idea. So I'm oh, walking no, him in. Yeah, I oh, have done that. Oh, you you've done that too. <laughs> I would, I would. I've never handled a horse before. I would have no, had no idea. I would have done it like a dog too, for sure. Yeah. Okay, Craig. So don't do it, and I'm telling you why. Because I'm leading the horse okay. in like a dog leash. He bites me on the tricep on my left arm. I cannot tell you how much that hurt, and I got a pretty high threshold yeah. for pain. I, you know, and I'm not proud of this part. It's just an. It was a reaction. It was instinct. I turned around and punched him right in the cheek, and he looked at me like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> he didn't even feel it. It was like, "Yeah, okay, no. tough guy." I'm still trying to figure out why he would ever bit anybody. Oh He's my never, god! Never bit. It hurt like man. Never. It's where I've, I've I've had a horse like that before too. It's never been anyone until he did, and just certain people <laughs> they just don't like. Right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Me? How would you not like me, Craig? I'm the most even keel yeah. guy on earth. I don't think any of my horses would bite anyone ever. <laughs> my pony, my pony may if you mess with her too much. Well, ponies are ponies. Yeah, yeah, yeah ponies. Yeah. You gotta watch out for ponies. Ponies are ponies. <laughs> I love my pony though. Yeah, they have a little wild what horse in them. About mini horses, I've seen uh, that was like a tr- there was a trend for a long time with uh, people that, that wanted to keep mini horses. Mini, uh, mini the, horses are actually pretty low key. They're not. Yeah, the problem the as... problem with mini horses is you have to have a dry lot. You can't let them eat grass all day. Yeah, oh, they, okay. they get big health problems. If well, you, they're easier to keep. You know, they, it, 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 actually, they, where they came from, you know, is desert areas and and. They ate little weeds sticking out of a crack, you know. So if you put them in a big green pasture all day, yeah, they'll, right, exactly. they'll, well, even ponies, you can't just let them eat yeah, grass hurt, all day long. You'll hurt them. Yeah. So, Craig, do you feel yourself that you were kind of somehow called to do this? Do you feel like this is such a good fit that you were kind of destined to do this with Fred? Yeah, you know, I was. I I, I certainly do feel that way. I, I, I you know, it's, I always just kind of joke and but. But half seriously say that you know that I just essentially follow Fred around and he leads me to <laughs> some pretty incredible places and, and people you know and, and Main State Prison is, is no exception um, because beyond beyond the men that, that I came to to grow close to um, that are serving time there it was it was uh, another amazing man that I, I met was is the um, the warden at the time he's now the uh, moved on to a higher office but at the time uh, his name his name is uh, Randy Liberty. Which is one of the greatest names I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially for a, for a prison for a prison warden, and uh, I write a lot about him in the book uh, too. And, and his story is an absolutely incredible one. He is an Iraq War veteran, uh, a sheriff's deputy, former sheriff of his county, and then moved on to be, become the warden of of the state penitentiary. And just the the programs beyond the dog program that he introduced um, to the prison were just life changing. And you talk about 
you know, people connecting to things beyond themselves. Dogs are, are a great example of, of what's possible there. But he he uh, he brought in a gardening program that um, was just like life changing and and, and uh, to the prison for so many men there too to just connect them to the earth and to the soil and to some you know to taking care of something. Um, and I write a lot about that in the book too, which is which is pretty great. No, it is great. It's a wonderful story. Uh, you know, you dedicated your life to it, Craig. You you stepped up and you did what you thought was right, and that's very, very admirable because a lot of people went, ah, I don't know if I want to do that. But you stepped up and accepted the position. That's that's really honorable. No, oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's been a, it's given it it's given me more than I've put into it back. You know, certainly the the relationship with Fred. You know, I only really had to rescue him that one time, but he's you know uh, through his own way given me purpose and given me, you know, just a, a real connection to myself uh, through writing and through speaking and, and through engaging with people um, through our social media and, through, you know, just through any opportunities that, that I can, like like coming on, on your show, you know, it's just, uh, it's really been a gift that he, he's given me right back. So it, it's been, it's certainly been worth it. No, no question about it. There, no, none at all. we got to take a break in about a minute. Craig, can you stay for another segment? Do you have, do you have more time? I want, course, yeah. I'd like to ask you a question. I don't, I don't, I don't want you to, in, you know, as far as politically and all that stuff, that's not the part I'm talking about. I just, I have a concern that we're not going to leave Afghanistan when we say we were going to leave Afghanistan. Does that concern you? And again, don't, you're not, you know, I'm not trying to involve you in politics here. It's just, it's kind of no, concerning. No. Yeah, no, it's, it's, that's okay. I mean, and to me, that's, it's, um, it shouldn't necessarily be a, a political issue. It should be, you know, right. kind of a, uh, right you know, a national kind of uh, conversation. Like so many of the things that are politicized, you know, uh, they should just be kind of conversations. It shouldn't be about which side is, is, is right or wrong. Um, and I think, you know, it's, you know, we have to think long term. We have to think about the, you know, not just the effort and the the, the uh, resources that we've committed to, to Afghanistan for so long, but, you know, just what's the, what is the real you know, future of that country and, and what is our responsibility to the people of Afghanistan. Didn't they announce um, I, yesterday think, they're, they're pulling out in the next 30 days? Yeah, but they were supposed yeah, to pull out yeah, on May think, 1st. But, right. Yeah, now they're saying September, though, right? Once yeah, again, September, September 11th. September. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's, 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 um, we've, we've got, we've got a lot of lessons to learn from our time there. And yep. I think um, one of the ways that we're going to be able to do that is by stepping away and by bringing, bringing everybody back. Um, and if we need to, you know, kind of keep a, a cadre um, on the ground, you know, in the long run, then, you know, that, that's something that I think we can have a conversation about as a country. Right. Um, but it, I think that we, we really, um, from a, from a leadership standpoint, really kind of got caught in a cycle that was pretty toxic and yep. we weren't really making the right decisions for the long term. It was, you know, we just were thinking two, three, four months or years, you know, ahead of time and, and not really thinking, you know, um, from the, the, right, uh, the right place. Absolutely. We'll take our break here. I just, uh, like I said, they wanted us out by May 1st. The Taliban says you're not out by May 1st. There's going to be a lot of trouble. And I also, 9 11 is a little bit of grandstanding, if you ask me. That That's kind of, what I thought, that too, bothers when they bounced that date. Yeah, yeah, that does bother me. Craig, we'll be right back with Craig Grossi, ladies and gentlemen. The book is called Second Chances A Marine, His Dog, and Finding Redemption. More with Craig right after this. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. Well, he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop. The My Slippers are designed to wear indoor and outdoor all day long. Made with My Pillow foam and Impact Gel to help prevent fatigue, and made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable, you'll want to get some for the whole family, which is what we did. Call 1 800 516 5146 or use promo code TOM, of course. 1 800 516 5146. Use promo code TOM or go to mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code TOM. You'll also get deep discounts on all My Pillow products, including. 
The Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use promo code TOM. Dan Chesky is here from Dan's Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan's Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fishing ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan's Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan's Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan's Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at danssouthsidemarine.com. What's more important than reliable plumbing? Having someone you can rely on in case it ever needs attention. Hi, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Look, you don't want to mess around with leaks or shoddy installation or repair when it comes to plumbing. Sabre is the largest installer of Moen fixtures and Ream water heaters in Minnesota. They're dependable pros who get the job done right. So when plumbing happens, call Sabre or visit saberheating.com. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Our very special guest, Craig Grossi, G-R-O-S-S-I, is the author's uh, spelling. Second Chances, a Marine, His Dog, and Finding Redemption. It's available on Amazon. It's available everywhere, as a matter of fact. Uh, if it's uh, they got books, the book will be there. Um, it's a story about Craig going to Afghanistan, serving the United States of America, meeting Fred, but when he... Uh, did he, when did he start responding to Fred? Was it was it almost right away, or did it take a while before he understood that he was Fred? Yeah, no, I, I don't. That's a good question. I, I um, it didn't take very long. I'd say within a couple of days, he figured out, um, you know, that that was that was the word we used for him. And um, <laughs> yeah, I think because he was, I mean, he was so hungry, you know, and and uh, he immediately associated maybe that you know his name with with food or water. Oh, we were sure. always looking. Always looking to give him a little something, um, you know, when, when things were things were calm and we could get his attention. Were you raised with dogs? No, that's that's another kind of interesting kind of twist about uh, about me and Fred. Is he's, he's actually my very first dog. Uh, <laughs> I, I always that's I, pretty I always awesome. Wanted one. It is. Yeah, I always wanted one growing up, but uh, you know, we were a cat family, and I and I made the most out of our cats. I love I love cats, but uh, I, I begged my parents for one, and they, I kept getting that. That standard, uh, you know, line from my dad. You know, if, I, if we get a dog, I'm going to end up walking it. You know, I'm going to end up taking care of it. So, um, I, I tried to, I tried to even get around that. I bought a leash with my own money, and I would walk all the neighbors' dogs after school to show them that I could handle their responsibility. But uh, it, it kind of backfired because they just thought, "Oh, he's walking the neighbors' dogs. We don't need to, we don't need to get him one." <laughs> God, I think it's hilarious, Craig. As, as soon as we started talking about Fred and him responding, our dog Jude came over to me and asked for a pet. He's like, why are you talking about another dog? You're talking about another dog. He somehow knows we're talking. (laughs) Now he's scratching me for almonds. Uh, Alex, you had a question. (laughs) No, we've moved on from it being relevant. No, we did not. What? What? I was just going to say, when I have adopted three dogs in my life, and one of them I kept her name because she was six when I adopted her. And then the other two we changed their names because they didn't really have names. And then the foster gave them names and whatever. And I was just going to say, when we adopted them, they said, use their name as much as possible. Just constantly say the name oh, that you yeah. choose over yep. and over and over again. Yeah, it took Birch and May like a day to one figure day. out that it was wow. oh, really? them. Yeah, like a day, two days. Yeah, yeah. They figured it out quick. Well, I think that's mom's... Cool. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. That, that's, uh, sorry, just, that was one of the things that I didn't really... There's so many things that go into training dogs, and especially these, these service dogs that I write about in, in Second Chances, that they that's one of the very first things that the men work on with the puppies is, is name recognition and, like, and the habit of that, like them responding to 
to their name, you know, and like just like you said, give them a treat when they kind of look at you when you say their name, and and that's that's so much builds off of off of that. It's pretty incredible. We had a uh, dog groomer, internationally famous mm-hmm. dog groomer. Mm-hmm. On, from Pooch Perfect, yeah, the Pooch show Perfect. Pooch Perfect, Jorge. Jorge was great. On, and they select the dogs for the show based on their temperament and the fact that they like to be shown off and they they like to show off and they love to be groomed. <laughs> How do you do? You just take any dog, and or do they have to have like the right temperament? Oh, for for America's Vet Dogs for their, yeah. for their yep. program in the prison. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's they they use pretty much exclusively labs. Oh, um, and they breed them, and they, they are they. I think they work with certain breeders that have a high standard. Uh, I think just for the level of um, of training and the, and the consistency. I think for throughout the their program because they have a, a very big big program. Oh, okay. Um, uh, they they like to to kind of know. You know that what they're what they're starting with each time, which I think makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah, labs are pretty consistent dogs, mm-hmm. so that's probably why. Yeah, you seem to see a lot of golden retrievers and labs as service dogs. I think dogs. labs are number Certainly. one in the world. Probably true. Yeah, because so, yeah. their temperament's so good. I just yeah. realized what yeah, it was, Craig. By the way, I just realized every time somebody in this room says the word dog, Jude starts moving around. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, all, it's my world and we just get to live in it, right, exactly. Jude? Right. Oh, yeah. they, they, pick, they, pick up on, they pick up on everything. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 uh, especially over the last year, just uh, being home so much. And, and uh, you know, I'm sure that lots of dog owners around the, around the world are realizing how closely their words are being listened to <laughs> by oh, their yeah. dogs. <laughs> no doubt about it. I, I just, does it make you extremely happy? I mean, just when you wake up in the morning and Fred's there, does that make you really happy? Yeah, you know, it makes every day just uh, a gift, you know. Um, it's everywhere Fred goes and kind of kind of everything he does to me, and, and, I, and I'm so glad to say that to, to lots of people, uh, is a, just a little bit more significant because of where his life started, you know, and, right. and and how much he had to kind of rise above his surroundings and, and wag his tail when he had no reason to, um, you know. And, and so it's it's a lot of fun just to have him in, in my life and then to also be able to share, you know, to share just his whether he's taking a nap in the sun in our driveway or whether we're you know on top of a mountain somewhere on a hike, you know, like it's. it's it, nothing is uh, is insignificant with Fred. Have you been able to estimate his age? Ooh, yeah, you know, I, I, probably around eleven. I would I would guess. You know, maybe a little older. Yeah, that, that's that's you're actually pretty accurate at that. They yeah, they use the teeth, teeth and yep. stuff. Yeah, yeah. They, they get it pretty close. Yeah, that's yeah, right. So the the vet, the first vets that he saw were um, that you know he had all his adult teeth, and yeah, I think typically they get them. Um, you know, between like six to eight months, so that that, that puts him at around eight or eight months old. When at the oldest, when I found him in October of, of 2010. So, um, yeah, but you know, I, I can never get a straight answer out of him when I ask him that question. He always just kind of talks some riddles back to me. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he does. Yeah, I bet he absolutely does. Uh, yeah, I mean, an 11 year old uh, lab. That's labs can live for quite a while though. Mine, li- mine died at 18. Yeah, 18. And he was in great and he That's was pretty but, good but he for was a lab. In, but he he was still like a puppy. He he actually fell out of bed and <laughs> fell right on his spine like all four oh, paws shit in the air. And after that he acted like he was drunk. And I took him to oh, sit, yeah. uh, I was living in West Hollywood so there was went to a place right there in West Hollywood and they couldn't find anything wrong with him. And I'm like, well, he can't walk right. I mean, he's stumbling all over the place. Sounds like a spine injury. And they did it. They did it. Yeah. They did a X-ray and a MR or whatever. MRI. And they MRI. said there's just nothing there. And huh. then huh. then he got he got pneumonia like three days later, and that didn't survive it. Oh, oh god, it's terrible. I woke up and his yeah. his ankles were all swelled up. And I rushed him over there, and he just didn't make it. Wow. But I, I, and. I, 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 it's weird to say, but I'm telling you, it happened. He, I was stayed with him the whole time, and they didn't allow that at that 
place and I'm like, Well, I'm not leaving, you can call the cops <laughs> And I stayed with him and I and they didn't have any music in that place. I said, Can you put a radio in here for these animals? I mean you leave at night and they just sit here in silence. Yeah. So I got a radio and I stayed there with him and I'm not kidding you, before he passed away he looked at me and smiled. Like literally smiled. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty weird. Bobby. I believe it. That's, that's beautiful. It is across the board. Yeah. Just the one, you know, that connection uh, between, well, particularly dogs. You know, like you said, cats come close, but they're much more aloof. Dogs don't generally act. Well, Jude can be aloof once in a while, I guess. But Only if is, you're asking him to do something he doesn't want to do. No, that's true. That's a very <laughs> yeah. good point. Then but, he's aloof. Uh, so, I mean, Craig, you got to feel like the luckiest guy on earth. You just happened, or Fred happened along you, and you got to know one another. You know, what a lucky thing that you two ended up together. Yeah, it, it, I, I count my blessings uh, every day, every single day, especially you know in the morning when we wake up and uh, we go for that first walk and I have my, my first cup of coffee and... You know, and I just watch Fred take in the day and, and chase critters and bark at birds, you know. And, oh, he's got to be the luckiest you know, dog so in the world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah he, it's funny, though. It's funny that the decisions I've made uh, kind of, you know, just about where we live kind of on behalf of Fred have have had a, a massive impact on, on me for the better, too. You know, like when we lived in Washington, D.C., uh, we moved. Uh, across town to an area of the city that was a lot closer to parks, you know, and and, uh, and so, you know, just for the dog, you know, we would say, oh, it's for the dogs, it's for the dogs, but of course it ended up being us, it ended up being, you know, for us, and, and you know, we got to know our neighbors, we got to know our city, and we got to walk all the time, you know, and, and now living in Maine, it's, it's so similar, I and mean, we, we moved up here because we loved it, but also really because Fred and, and our other dog, Ruby, loved it, you know, and, and, uh, and we've just fallen in love with with the communities up here and the people of Maine. And, and uh, it's, um, you know, it's just, again, going back to just following Fred around and he, he takes care of the rest. <laughs> uh, who named Ruby? Uh, my my fiance Nora, Nora named, named Ruby. They, they were a pair uh, before Fred and I came along. Oh, okay. Last, they had a, you yeah, should change her, yeah. name to, her name to either Wilma or Ethel. Right. Fred and yeah, Wilma, Fred and Ethel. Uh, Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Get it going, right. man. Um, I have I have a quick question. <laughs> do you know of any active um, animal? Uh, I don't even know what they would be called. Charities or something that are in Afghanistan that try to help all the dogs. Because I know. I spent a little time in India, and I, I noticed that there was always these dogs that were, like, sick, and oh, they, yeah. they're thrown out of the house because nobody can afford to do any sort of veterinary care uh, yeah. you know, in, in certain areas. And I'm guessing that, same thing, if you want to have a dog, the dog better be healthy or it's, and maybe even fend for itself to get food because a lot of people can't afford to feed it and, right. and have medical care for it. So there are some places in India that try to help all the dogs that are turned out onto right. the street. Yeah, there. So there is. Um, there's the Afghan Stray Animal League, and and uh, there's now that, um, which is uh, a, run by a British, a former. Uh, I think he's. I think he was a British Marine, or he might have been a British Army soldier. But now that is is a really great one, and they've 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 been around for a long time, um, and they work on the ground in Afghanistan um, to train um local veterinarians or train people to be veterinarians or veterinary vet tech um and then there's all, i mean puppy rescue mission also you know they, they work primarily on getting dogs home from afghanistan and, and places like that but they also um are a great resource to just ask you know about uh the, the conditions on the ground and what you know what what people are are working towards uh to, to better the lives of of animals um you know because we're all connected you know if, if, right. if the animals are, are doing well in a country, chances are that the people are too. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's not, um, you know, it's not that, you know, this, uh, this something nice to do. It's something that affects the, the environment overall. Right. I, I, I'd love, I, if we can find those links, I'd love to post those so people can now, donate. Now that, now that. Yeah, now, now that is a, now that's a great one to, to go with. And, um, there's one other one that I can't remember uh, the name of right now, but I, I could I could uh, I could email it to you guys once I, I get my head um, once I get my head right. That'll be a wonderful. That thing. would be great because I mean they I'm sure yeah. they need all the help they can get. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Mo, definitely. The book is called Second Chances of Marine, His Dog, and Finding Redemption. It's available on Amazon and everywhere else. You can also go to fredtheafghan.com and check everything out on the website. Craig Grossi, G-R-O-S-S-I. Craig, thank you for your service. Thanks for Fred's service, and thank you both for still serving the people. That's a fantastic story. Of course, I will. Thank you, thank you so much for for giving us a, a voice and an opportunity to, to share your you know on your uh, on your platform. There, it means a lot. Uh, and, anytime, uh, looking Craig. Looking forward to. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a good day, sir. Bye. All right, you too, Craig Rossi. You know, it's so amazing. Just his voice makes you calm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's got a very calming voice. That's the, one of the luckiest dogs in the world. Oh, God, yeah. There's no doubt you about that. You pulled out of that place and brought mm-hmm. to America and no question about the life it. of luxury. I, it's, what a nice man. Isn't that just great? I, one concern I do have, and it, it might be unfounded, whatever, but we're going through this whole deal with, you know, defund the police and get rid of the police and you know, blah, 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 and, of course, just not have any law enforcement. Uh, are they going to do the same thing with the Army, the Marine oh, Corps? They already, are. They, already are. they already are. They already are trying to get rid of the Marine yeah, Corps and the what's Army. What's her name tweeted yesterday? Uh, what's her name? Tlaib. Oh, Rashida, oh, Rashida Tlaib. Get rid of the oh, military. God, she's the worst. They, she wants to get rid of military, police, and prisons. Well, Ugh. we do spend a hell of a lot of money on the military. Yes, we do. I do believe that we prisons. could cut down you on want, that. Do you want to be in, run by China? <laughs> No, we're almost there anyway. I don't, I don't think our military is going to help us out of that. Our politicians are the ones that are jumping That's into that. True. Well, in our sports, too. Let's not forget you know the sports what? like MLB I, and I've the NBA. I've come to the conclusion that they're actually, our own government's actually trying to replace us. There is no yes, question about that. <laughs> I don't think there's any question about that. They're literally trying to re- replace American population with a different population. <laughs> they want a population that's flat-out stupid yeah. so they're, they can control oh, them. They want to replace us. Yep, they do. They, they want to control if, everybody. If, if a million people tomorrow wanted to come here from Poland, they would say no. Yes, they would. If well, a million people tomorrow said, oh, we want to come here from Cuba, they would say no. They would not let them. No, because they're Republican. They, no, they just wouldn't let them. They well, just, Cuba, because, Cubans are all Republican. No, they, they never they, let they them wouldn't let them because they've already been through this. Yeah, that's true. They're that's a very good point. Educated. That's a very good they're point. They're educated on this. They already know the plan. But we're just sitting here all stupid, like, oh, we don't, we don't know what's going on. Well, but they know what's going on because they've been through the same thing. They've been lied to. I've already talked to both Trump and Biden about this. I said, look, we already got Bilski. We don't need more Polacks <laughs> in the country. We, we're covered. I love Poland. I really do. Oh, that's what everyone tells Poland's me. Poland's a spectacular country. Stacy Keach lives in Poland now. Beautiful. He Krakow, loves Poland. Krakow's one of the most beautiful cities you'll ever go to. It's just, just so right clean and safe and beautiful place. That is what I, I hear. Where, where I wish I could move I? there. <laughs> he wants to move to Poland. Well, I'll tell you, one of the best places you could move as an American is Czech, because they have what's yeah. called a freelance cause. So you can go there and work as a freelancer without being a citizen. Other countries like Germany is the top place for Americans to move to, but you have to speak German in Germany. It's the, Nine. It's I'm the fine rule. with that. You have to learn German. So Learning a language is all it takes to escape all this, then sign me right up. But Germany's cost of living is the same as ours, so I wouldn't go there. No. I, the Czech Republic is a lot cheaper to live in, yeah. but you also don't make as much money, so you have you to go there not. with money. But it, it, there's a difference between best places to move to as an American and best places to retire to as an American. Yeah, yeah. right. It's different. A different. It's it a is difference. different. You're yes. right. You're absolutely right. Catherine has a couple of spots picked out. She's thinking about... Uh, Moving me to. <laughs> Gotta get. We have to have a bug out spot. Just yeah, well, sure do. I'm, <laughs> I'm way ahead of you guys, and you guys are older than me. I'm ahead of you on that curve. You're going to Italy? I already got spots picked out. So does Catherine. But I mean, I'm I'm working on them. Like I'm. Oh, are you? Oh yeah. So, Andy and Alex, being from a younger generation. Is this whole thing just wearing you out? I mean, I am worn out. I don't even get upset about it anymore. No, nothing anybody does because it's so disgusting. It's all money grubbing crap. All of it is based on money. Whether yeah. it's oh, the it's all about money. It's all about all money of it. the power. police department. Oh, yeah, power. power. Yeah, well, the power. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, you see all these. Why do people stand by? Whether it's Republicans or Democrats, I'm not going to single any party out. Why can they lie to your face and you deny they're lying? Why do you do that? I don't, I don't get, get that. It. I don't get it either. They're cowards. 
I guess. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get how they get so rich. Like, AOC's a multimillionaire now. She was a bartender four years ago. $12 million Worth donation. And, uh, Our book deal. Living in, living in luxury. I know. How, how's a public servant? How's that happen? Well, how about your head <laughs> of that, uh, BLM? That, that, oh, my God. She's bought, she's bought four houses Four this year. houses she's yeah. purchased. Yeah, one up, one up in Canyon Country, which is expensive in top of L.A. $1.4 million, and uh, it's an all-white neighborhood. I thought she hated white people. She said all white people are racist and horrible. Why would you want to live there? Well, that's Marxism for you. Yeah, that's the leaders Marxism. get everything. Well, she is a she's, yeah, she she's a trained. Oh, yeah, she's, she's a Marxist. Yes, yeah, she's yeah. proud, a very yeah. proud Marxist. Yeah. And if you and if anybody doesn't like what she's doing, it's you know you're that's because you're a white supremacist. Right. Supremacist. I mean, this is what goes on. If this is <laughs> what goes on right. in co- in countries like you know, over in Eastern Europe. This is you know. How you get those, what do they call the real rich? Uh, oligarchy? Yeah, oligarchy. Mm-hmm. This, is, this, is what, this, is, this is what happens in a lot of those countries. It's just happening here now. It is amazing <laughs> to me that, that they can just look at somebody speaking. You know flat out they're lying, but you don't care. I just don't get that. I don't understand that at all. It's a team sport. I just, yeah, at this yeah, point, I politics is, is just sport, a team yeah. sport. It is, yeah. Some of the stuff I just got to laugh at. Like, I just I saw a clip from last two years ago when when Trump was president and he signed, like, nine executive orders, and Biden said, that's a dictatorship. Yeah, yeah. And now Biden signed yeah. more, di- more than yeah. any president in history combined. In history. <laughs> yep, that's true. I Whatever. Yeah, live the life you want to live, apparently, but don't expect anything. They're, they're all just, their whole, every politician in this country is just a flat-out liar. Well, politicians, Hollywood, and uh, big, big tech. tech. Those three oh, are something disgusting. Something has to be done about big tech. Cause you are right. They're going to bring our country down. Well, that's not going to happen because they're the hu- they're huge donors to political parties. But they're bigger, they're bigger, they're richer and bigger than the country. Yep. Yeah, they People are. don't understand that. They, they have are, more members, yep. they have more information, and they have more money than the United States government has. And why, and why? And when they were starting to start, when they were starting to start, when they started taking everybody's information and profiting off of that, yep. and we had no rights to privacy anymore. Yep. And waived it with their 50-page, you know, agree to this thing so you can use your telephone. And, and, and uh, the, the politicians never jumped on that and said, wait a minute, this nope. is not the way we do things here. Look we, what, and we look at the list of countries that ban Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. You'll be surprised. <laughs> that banned it? Yeah, that they don't have it. There's no Facebook and Twitter in a yeah, lot of some countries. countries are no, banning that's it. that's true. They don't even have it. Good. Yeah. There's countries that they, they don't even have internet. They don't let the, the public have internet. The I general remember. public does not have Wi-Fi in a lot of countries. Right. I remember eight years ago on this show and in the KQ Morning Show, I said, digital is going to destroy the world. It and is. everybody thought that I was crazy. It's like, you can't turn stupid people loose on a worldwide platform without destroying the entire world. No, we said that you were crazy because... Uh, because we thought the reason why you didn't like digital is because you couldn't figure out how to log on. Yes, that's what it was. Hold <laughs> up, what's my sign-in information? I forgot my password what happens again. If, what happens if a hostile country just figures out how to crash, c- kill the Internet? There you go. That's and, what I like, said. What happens to, like, <laughs> cryptocurrency? You know, what happens to all of it? It's just Ixnay, gone. Yeah. It's just gone. Yeah. It's just disappeared. All right, it's we got to take, take a break here. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes, though, with part two.